0: right to be read podcast episode number 57 interview with Ron Holland
1: you are listening to the right to be read podcast and this is your host Annie Alexander
0: hello everyone and welcome back to the right to be read podcast the podcast that inspires and encourages writers it's me Annie Alexander and I'm very grateful that you're listening to this show. Today, I'm going to present you with a very inspirational interview. And this time I'm interviewing extremely passionate person. And if when you listen to the interview, you'll see what I mean exactly. So today my guest is Ron Holland. Ronji Holland is seasoned entrepreneur with over 40 years experience in the business mentoring, personal development and self-help industry. He has been written up as Britain's leading motivational speaker, top biz guru and the entrepreneur's entrepreneur. So he also is an author of many business books, and most of them are extremely successful, even now after 40 years. Hello, Ron, I'm very happy to welcome you to the Right to Be Read podcast. Uh, Welcome to the show. And thank you very much for uh, accepting the invitation.
1: Oh, Annie, it's my pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you because I really do feel I have a lot to share with you and your audience. So I I can't wait.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I looked through, uh, to, to make a small research about yourself and I've, I've seen these, Uh, long years of experience in the industry and so many books out there and so many bestsellers. And I'm absolutely sure that you've got a lot to share with the audience. So maybe we can start from the beginning. And you could tell us how did you got into that uh, sphere? And uh, when did you begin? And which were your first steps?
1: Okay, very interesting question, because I have to go back 40-odd years. Um, When I was 20, I had finished my apprenticeship as a, a carpenter and joiner, and I was absolutely fed up with the building industry, so I set up my first motorcycle shop. Motorcycles was my passion, and it was the boom time of motorcycles. So this was in South London. Very quickly, I ended up with the largest chain of motorcycle shops in London, and accidentally, I picked up two furniture shops and a 40 bedroom hotel. Now, all of this happened very, very quickly, and at the end of it, I got into massive, massive financial trouble. Lucky for me, I met an old Irishman, a very astute guy by the name of Seamus O'Rourke. <laughs> he, yeah, he came along and he says, I can see you're in financial trouble. Let me hold your hand and help you turn around your mini empire. So I said, I couldn't wait. I said, Seamus, I said, you've got a deal because I said, I'm absolutely frustrated. I've built up this empire, but I know I'm heading for bankruptcy now. Help me turn it around. So with his help, he turned my shops around and I was in massive, massive financial problems. But eventually we made a fortune together and I enjoyed the turnaround situation so much. I thought I'd write a little book about it. So I wrote this book, my first book that I'd ever written. Then it was called Get Out of Debt and Into the Money. Now it's retitled Debt Free with Financial Kung Fu. But I wrote this book. And in it, I put all of the things about slashing overheads, making profit, cost-effective marketing. I just filled it up with all of the things that the old Irishman had shown me to do. And then I got it printed. And in those days, we used to use full-page adverts in the magazines to sell the book. And I have to say, as a mail-order book, it really, really started to fly. But it really didn't fly big enough. So at the time, I saw somebody else using even bigger advertisements than myself, and they were selling a book called The Lazy Man's Way to Riches. So I tracked this guy down, and it was a Canadian guy by the name of George Caldo who was selling a book for an American guy over there in the States, and the book was called The Lazy Man's Way to Riches. So I made an appointment. I went along to... To have a chat with him, and I said, "Look, you're selling this book called The Lazy Man's Way to Riches. I've got this book called Get Out of Debt and Into the Money." I said, "Do you think you could push that alongside?" Now he bit my arm off. He absolutely grabbed hold of of the book, and obviously that was what gave me a massive, massive push. It created the success, and the truth is, I've never looked back. and on top of that, he even introduced me from London back to America to, to where the original book came from, The Lazy Man's Way to Riches, um, uh, um joe carbo out of huntington beach in california so i went over there to meet him so it just shows you by hustling and trying to get your foot in the door you make things happen and and things have never changed i'm still doing that that was 40 years ago 1977 nearly 40 years ago and i'm still doing that today and i know the frustrations your authors are going through now because getting a book published is one thing it's so easy these days with kindle and other platforms but getting it out there and getting the marketing me- message out there is often very very difficult
0: yeah i see well i presume that 40 years ago there were there was no self-publishing so you you had a publishing house who kind of published your books uh, uh, your first book and was dealing with that
1: no or... no in in the mail order business you publish the book yourself you still publish it yourself, but there was no internet. So, it was a proper printed paperback book. And it okay. lo- it's a lovely little book.
0: Oh, okay, I see. So, it was self-published, but it was yeah, only yeah, a hard sure. copy. Yep. Okay, so so that was the first book that led you to the long journey of 40 years of being yes. an author <laughs> and entrepreneur. So, yeah. I presume, if I'm not mistaken, you write business books since then, right?
1: Absolutely. Yep. Business books and books about mind power. And I think the mind power is absolutely as important as the business acumen. So it's the two things. It's a two-pronged approach, getting your attitude right, getting your mind right and getting the business acumen right.
0: So will I be right if I say that you're basically accumulating experience and uh, things happen to you and then you put them into the books?
1: Absolutely. I, I love doing the entrepreneurial thing, creating business, making money, having failures as well. And I've had loads of failures and loads of successes, but I've had an equal amount of failures and I always write about those in the book. And I think it's important for your people listening now, uh, there's so much guff and a hyperbole out there about how easy it is to create a number one bestseller but it's, it's difficult and you've got to do it yourself you've got to find a way through the maze
0: and i think that you would agree that there is no magic button or one just you know right way to do that and everyone has to find his own route right
1: I agree I agree if there was a magic button the magic button is called tenacity and persistence and not being frightened of failure not being frightened of knocking on doors and Annie I'll be honest with you these days I knock on loads of doors I still haven't got people phoning me up and saying Ron you're a wonderful guy we're going to send you money we're going to publish your not book we're going to publish your next book it's not like that you've got to get out there and do it yourself and, and these days I'm using a lot of podcasts uh, like this one and i love doing them but not everybody says yes i still get my fair share of rejection and it doesn't matter but what i'm trying to encourage your audience to do is to get much much more proactive and stop believing all, all the hyperbole and do their own thinking and get ultra kind of proactive in trying to make something happen for themselves and i'll give you many many more examples if you like of things that i've made happen for myself
0: okay so let's let's proceed in that case let's just you know i'm trying to imagine your journey so we're having this first book which which had quite success and yep. uh, it was the first one you wrote and you kind of you know you you found the way for it to see the world and to get readers yeah uh what happens next
1: ah uh, what happens next i i had so much fun writing that book and uh, publishing it and distributing it i decided to become a full-time writer so i saw Sold out my mini empire in London and decided to emigrate to America. And I rocked up in Beverly Hills in California, and I started writing my book called "Talk and Grow Rich." And that book has never been out of print. Not nor is debt free with financial kung fu. They're still selling, and uh, "Talk and Grow Rich" is now in about twenty-seven different languages. It sells all over the world. Sells on the internet as well. and that book there ended up in the bookstores all across America. And again, I had to create my own success. And it really wasn't the bookstore sales that made it the blockbuster that it was. What I what I did, I decided that the book, because it was a book about selling and making money, I decided the book was eminently suitable for network marketing companies so I got a good friend of mine Will McCray. we went to the Boston Library I was on the east coast of America by then I went to the Boston Library with Will and we looked out all of the yellow pages and we opened them up and there was hundreds of yellow pages for every state in, in America and we opened them up and I said what we want to do is write down the names and addresses of everybody who's in a network marketing company and of course then there was no No internet this was in 1981 no internet the yellow pages was there and in the yellow pages was a huge amount of data name address telephone number everything that we needed and we just copied out hundreds and hundreds of addresses of people who were in the network marketing industry and many times we sent them an actual hard copy book and a lovely letter because we knew if they were in network marketing maybe they had 10 people 20 people 100 people in their network some of these people had thousands of people so what happened was that 50% of the people we sent a book to, we never even heard from. But the other 50% were ordering 10 copies, 20 copies, 100 copies. We had one guy ordering 1,000 hard copies at a time it was absolutely brilliant but I created that success myself I didn't just wait for people to rock up in the bookstores I proactively and aggressively got out there and sent the book out with a letter and marketed it myself and I know the formula for success today is doing that kind of thing proactive marketing cost effective marketing
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, I mean, now you sound uh, extremely self confident. And most of the newbie writers have writer's doubts, and they have some, you know, they're not very sure that their book is really good enough. And, you know, it, it kind of gets on the way of being proactive and and confidently presenting their books to the audience. Did you have this problem or not?
1: Absolutely. And let me let me kind of give you a little formula because it is fascinating and I think this will help people a tremendous amount. There's a best selling book of all time called Think and Grow Rich by yeah. Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard of it, Annie. Yes, I've read it's it. It's a fantastic <laughs> book. And in there he has a formula, and it says, and this is the most well known formula in self help of all time. And the formula says, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve Mm -hmm. now unfortunately so many people start at the wrong end of the formula they start trying to achieve 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 they achieve getting a bestseller achieve achieve getting an audience achieve getting listeners for their podcast they want a lamborghini they want want an eight-bedroom home achieve 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 that's all they think of And unfortunately, they get very, very frustrated because they don't achieve it. But the formula doesn't start with achieve. The formula says... Whatever the mind of man can conceive. So what do I mean by conceive? What did Napoleon Hill mean by conceive? Conceive in your mind, in your mind's eye, in the neurons, in your own brain, what it is you're trying to accomplish. Now, most people haven't got a clear picture of what it looks like for them personally to be a best-selling author. But if you start visualising it like I do every day... I visualise myself being on this podcast. I didn't just rock up here at 10 o'clock this morning and start talking to you. I start (laughs) putting – no, no, I didn't. I started putting a programme in my mind of everything that I'd be talking to Annie about. And, of course, when we're talking about it, it just rolls out. When I'm promoting a book on Kindle, I think it through in my mind's eye for days and weeks on end before I even start promoting it. I conceive, conceive, conceive over and over again, creating mental images of the success that I'm trying to create for my book. Now, When you've got a very, very, very clear picture in your mind's eye of what you're trying to conceive, you will invariably come up with ideas, foolproof ideas, of how you're going to accomplish that. And if you can see in your mind's eye some foolproof ideas, some hunches, ideas, inspirations, eurekas, if you can see those ideas of how you're going to accomplish your success – very easily you will be able to believe it so we're quickly moving along the formula now you've conceived it you've now believed it and once you've conceived it and believed it achieving of it will happen very very quickly but people are starting at the wrong end of the formula if they'd only just start conceiving and thinking things through and engaging their right brain in pictures in the neurons in their own mind then they'll create their own breaks
0: Okay, I see. And uh, apparently, after all you've done, uh, you still you you mentioned that you're still getting rejections in different times. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: How do you deal? I mean, I I presume that the first rejections are the hardest to absorb. And how are you dealing with the rejections with the criticism with people who don't like your book? Uh, I mean, how do you look at that point?
1: I just absolutely, completely ignore it and get myself very, very busy sending out more letters, making more phone calls and uh, getting on to the people who want to say yes. And I, I just find if you put enough stuff out there, a lot of the stuff will stick and and I get enough yeses to keep me very, very busy. And it's it's absolutely it's exciting because, you you know, you're creating your own breaks. You know, so you say there's no magic button, but that magic button, if there was one, it's tenacity and persistence and, and not taking no for an answer. And I, I do know because I'm I'm in another business called network marketing and there I pitch people seven, eight, ten times and eventually they may come on board with me. So rejection is just one of those things in life. What you're looking for, Annie, is the yeses. And, and really and truly you can – through life, if you let the objections and the no's overwhelm you, you could come to a grinding halt very quickly. But all the people I know who've created mega success, and I do have a track record in helping other people become millionaires, they get that bit between their teeth and they absolutely drive whatever it is they're trying to make happen. And I love love getting my, when I'm mentoring somebody, I say, write the word down, driven. You've got to drive this. You've got to drive your success and if you're driving something very very hard you haven't got time for no's or rejections or negativity you've just you're just blinkered you're just focused on the only thing that matters which is creating your own brakes
0: Okay, amazing. <laughs>
1: it, it is very exciting because every day I'm working with people who are trying to accomplish things and I love it. And And I get them in that zone where no's and rejections, it just doesn't matter. They're just looking for success and they, they know how to create it.
0: Yeah, that's that's very nice way to look at it because, uh, I mean, bad reviews and criticism and re- redactions can really kind of get on the way and really hamper you from getting what if, you want to a- be.
1: Absolutely. If you let it. That's if you let thing. it. If absolutely. you let it. And I'm saying to people, don't let that hamper you. And you've really got to get focused. And what you've got to focus on is success. Can I can I give you another little formula that Absolutely. I really sure. think um, Annie will help people? Absolutely. And and it's this. And I don't forget, Annie, I am a writer myself. I've written over 20 books, but I know the formula now is 5% of your mental and physical effort on writing and 90% of 95% of your physical and mental effort on marketing. Because if you don't put that effort into marketing, you're just going to have a book out there that will languish and fail. Um, you can get a book up on Kindle. It takes you five um, minutes to publish a book on kindle but unfortunately you're burying your book under i think it's two and a half million other kindle books and if you're buried under 200 2.5 million kindle books your book will never see the light of day so you've got to actively and aggressively get out there and do cost-effective marketing
0: yeah, I see. And that's the problem because there are many, many writers who are amazing writers and create really nice things and stories, but who are not marketers and who uh, are not comfortable with marketing. No, in no, products. no. Annie,
1: Annie let, let me give you something that will really help these people because you, you used one of my favorite words, right? And it's this. They're very good at creating a book. Now let's just stop there a minute creating a book. That's creativity that comes from the right brain. And the real creativity when, when happens when you get your right brain and your left brain the words and the pictures really working together. So these writers who are creating brilliant books and there are many of them have already got All of the tools, 100% of the tools that they need to become a brilliant marketer. They've got the creativity. They've got their right and left brain working together. That is how they are able to create a brilliant book. Now they've just got to have this little paradigm shift that says, wow, I didn't realise I already have all of the tools that I need and it's in my own mind. Wow. Now I've got to say instead of just using my beautiful creativity skills to write a book I've got to use my beautiful creative skills to market a book and it's having that paradigm shift that will really help people so immediately they go okay now I'm not writing a book now I'm now I'm writing my business plan my creative my ultra creative business plan on how to market my book does that make sense
0: absolutely yeah okay i'm
1: I'm getting excited here because i just feel i've got so much to share so let me let i i am a great believer in cost effective marketing so let me tell you something that i did the other day i'm a great believer in spending little bits of money to create devastating results i'm going to say that again cost-effective marketing tiny tiny bits of money to create devastating results does that sound exciting
0: Ah, we want to know that yes (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let let me tell you let me tell you what i did because this is still there available for every one of your people to do so i went on fiverr and Fiverr's an incredible resource people do gigs for five dollars which is yes. such a small amount of money it, it, in london you can't even buy a cup of coffee these days for five dollars you know it's a joke it really is so i i go on fiverr and i spend lots of little five dollars doing gigs and getting them to promote my kindle books and i give this guy five dollars and he does that five dollars over here and she does that and it's fantastic And I spotted this gig for $5, which is such a small amount of money. And this guy said, for $5, I will write a business plan for your business now you might think Ron Holland he's a business guru he's a mind power guru why on earth would he need a business plan surely he can do all of that himself but the point is I'm a great believer in the mastermind group principle getting other people to work with brainstorm with pick other people's brains I thought five dollars is such a small amount of money I'll see what he can do sent off the five dollars on his gig he says you will get 15 minutes of my time and a one-page business plan and i said well this will be very interesting so i told him everything that i'm doing I've got 20 books on Kindle, I, I'm a mentor, I mentor people every day of the week over um, Skype, I help people become millionaires, this is what I do. So I told him my whole story in in about a one-page um, email, and a week later, his business plan came back, and I thought, well, this is going to make interesting reading. And he says, you're very interested in... Um, cost-effective marketing. And he says, my suggestion, he says, my big idea is that you amplify your message. And I thought, well, this is, this is good. How am I going to do that cost-effectively? And he said, do you realize there are hundreds and hundreds of podcasts going across all over North America? He says, you need to jump on the back of people who are already doing it, grab hold of their microphones to their audience and tell your story. Now, Annie, that cost me five dollars i that thought about podcasting to spread my my message and amplify my message. That idea was not in my mind until I paid the five dollars. To get that idea now this was a week or two back I've been on about 10 podcasts already some of them I just love doing them some of them are massive some of them are small but I'm having an absolute blast and of course I'm already flooded inundated with inquiries for mentoring where's my million um, millionaire secrets book where's this where's that and I love it but all I'm saying is that Million-dollar idea cost me five dollars, and I'm trying to stimulate your your audience. Even if it's not that idea, come up with cost-effective ideas of their own, because that is how I've created mail order bestsellers bookstore bestsellers and kindle bestsellers by getting ultra creative and using cost-effective marketing and the beautiful fact that writers already know how to use their creative minds i'm saying have that little paradigm shift and get that marketing side going and write your own marketing business plan and then implement it
0: Yeah, I think
1: it's so exciting.
0: Absolutely. I think that these two points really kind of, you know, help a lot, like using creative approaches, non-standard approaches to things, and also being opportunistic and trying and experimenting new things. Because, I mean, for example, I would never think about getting something of value from Fiverr for five bucks. I mean, of a value uh, uh, meaning like a business plan or, or a great idea, which would eventually bring me... Um, a bigger audience or more money at the end. So it's it's something that, you know, just maybe we should uh, be more open minded and consider more options than the standard approaches that are offered to us.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about Fiverr for a minute, because the truth is, if you spend lots of little $5 here, there, and everywhere, 50% of those are going to end up absolutely doing nothing. Nothing, nothing. I can't express that. They're not going to do anything. But every now and then, you send off a $5 to somebody, and they'll get you a massive, massive article up on Facebook. They'll send you out 10000 um twitters tweets somebody else will do nothing and then another fiver will get you 50,000 emails sent out so it is absolutely incredible so i've i've had kind of mixed success but i'm i'm up for getting failures and rejections but i know if i keep doing enough things some of it will stick against the wall not everything works
0: Yeah, absolutely. The
1: secret is not to spend too much money. The secret is just to keep dripping it out there and find something that is working.
0: Yeah, and I always tell that until you try, you will never know if it will work or not. So you know.
1: (laughs) Oh, absolutely, and that—that's why I can tell you, uh, hand on heart. I've had loads of marketing flops and loads of marketing failures. I I sent out, not once, but twice, I sent out over a million emails in one day thinking I was going to have a massive, massive success, and I'd worked out the figures in advance. Even if I only get 1%, a half percent, quarter percent, I would fly. The truth is I got zero, absolutely zip, zilch, nothing not one response a million that that cost me money but but i learned and then then i did it again and then i really learned you know so i know that you've got to keep trying and experimenting and it's it's really i can't express this enough annie engage your mind power engage your subconscious mind and i'm i'm a great believer in going to into no mind every day the the japanese have a word for it satori which is um satori which is very very powerful and it's the most powerful state of mind you can get into which is completely if you can do it stop the thinking and it's when you stop the thinking in your mind that internal dialogue that roof brain chatter when you can stop that the mind becomes unbelievably active and as edison said when you become quiet It just dawns on you. When you become quiet, it just dawns on you. So I make a habit of becoming quiet every day. And then I get hunches, ideas, eurekas, not just for my own books and my own marketing endeavors, but for my clients as well. Suddenly I get this idea. I wonder if John should do this. I wonder if Sally should do that. And it's this creativity, these mega, mega gems that that make things happen.
0: Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Uh, Would you like to share with us also your first experiences with Kindle because with with Amazon publishing, because it's a bit different from what you were used to do, I guess. So, it was a completely new experience.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, how did it go for you? (laughs) Okay. Now, um, Obviously, I, I run various different companies, so my first experience was saying um, to some of the people in my company, put some of these books up on Kindle for me, um, do the marketing, do this, do that, do the other, and all I would do was pay, pay them to do it. And the real truth is these were clever, clever people we never got anywhere. Never got anywhere. And after about a year of not getting anywhere, I was still very, very excited about Kindle. I could see the potential. And I thought the only way of doing this is for me to grab hold of the reins of my Kindle business back from my guys, who who incidentally I love to death. But I thought I'm going to do this myself. So after a bit of dickering around, I found how to actually format a book for Kindle and get it up there and it wasn't rocket science in actual fact it was very easy took about an hour or two to learn but I learned how to do it Then I thought, well, what we've got to do is find out how to market it, how to drive this up the the bestseller list. And, of course, in Kindle, you get all sorts of stats and figures. You can see how many books you're selling. You've got a bar chart there. You can see your graph every day in real time, what you're selling, what you're not. So when you start doing some little campaigns, very, very quickly – you can see um that the the sales either moving up or not and i've got 20 books on kindle now and i track them absolutely um religiously with a methodology and write it down where's this where's this on the bestseller list what have i got to do to move that and and like i say i use many many cost-effective marketing techniques to get the word out there and get the name out there. So, I'll give you a few of the things that I use and a few of the things might be a wake-up call to your audience. Mm -hmm. But I use lots and lots of Fiverr gigs. I have an email list of my own. I constantly email it. Have you seen this book on Kindle? Have you seen my latest book on Kindle? I get that word out there, right? Now, I, as you know, I also use podcasting It's only recent, but already it's gaining traction all over, over North America and, and the United Kingdom, Canada, and people are already listening to, to the message, right? Mm-hmm. But the other thing that I, I really do recommend, and people have got to try it, is paid advertising. And people, people shun from paid advertising, but if you can find a way of doing some paid Facebook advertising or even some in-the-press advertising or some classified adverts in the niche magazines. And obviously, you need to track and monitor every penny, every cent that you're, you're spending, but you can give yourself an unbelievable boost. All right, so I've sold literally tens of thousands of books and a lot of it was down to paid advertising. And I, I'm not going to give you a complete formula because you've really got to find out what works for you. Mm-hmm. And that that is the real secret. And I do believe you've got to in a way, have a marketing budget. You've got 2.5 million competitors that are burying your book. You've got to find a way of lifting yourself head and shoulders about over and above, never mind making your title known. You've first got to get above those 2.5 million other titles before your title is show but known and if you look at my uh, titles you can go on there you can see exactly where where they are on the bestseller charts um because it's it, it's ever so clear you can you can see how, how the books are selling you can see how other people's books are selling it's absolutely incredible and all of these tools um Amazon Kindle they they give you those tools
0: mm-hmm. yeah exactly so um Now, um, let's say, I don't know, what do you consider your primary activity? Is it the writing the books, the marketing of those? You said you have companies you run.
1: Uh,
0: How are you managing your time? And, you know, well,
1: Uh, it's an interesting (laughs) thing to to me, to me, life has been for years one big hobby. So I do a lot of creative writing, I I do a lot of mentoring helping people on the internet. And that that only takes an hour at a time for various people. And these are normally people who've either got businesses and are stuck with either marketing or raising money, that kind of thing. And over the years I've helped people raise millions for their businesses. Um and obviously I like now I'm spending an hour with you, but this to me is so much fun. It's like a hobby. And and I'm, I'm I think I've done about 10 of these podcasts since the guy gave me the idea. And I'm booking them in as fast as I can. And ideally, I'd like to be doing one a day all across North America for an hour at a time, just getting that message out there. Because I know, one, it's helping me because I'm going to give everybody a free book at the end of it. But also, it's helping other people. And it gives people the motivation and the stimulus to to carry on so my my days are full but just full of having fun bouncing from podcasts to emails to helping mentor somebody then i do a bit of writing and i i get ideas and chapters and little paragraphs for books come to me all the time and when they come to me i immediately write them down because i know you've got to capture that inspiration when you can but i but i also um am very kind of um diligent when it comes to doing my writing as well so if i know i've got to get some books out so i'm writing some books at the the moment on multi-level marketing and i've got one coming out at the end of uh, december another one january another february i know i've got to crack in and do them so not necessarily waiting for the inspiration i get onto the computer and start typing whether i'm ready or not and that is one of the, the the keys and if you just keep at it suddenly the right brain the creativity clicks in and you can actually see a difference in your writing one minute it's pedestrian and then suddenly (laughs) it just comes (laughs) flowing out and then you know you're on your right brain Yeah. Right. You've got to, you've got to at least try. And again, I'm trying to inspire your uh, listeners, your newbie writers, not to wait for the inspiration to come, but just to start the hard work and start doing it and start getting excited. And if, if they can maybe just listen to this audio over and over again and get that, let that magic dust rub off on them. Let that tonality rub rub off on them. Let that enthusiasm rub off on them. Suddenly, their little typewriter will start going. Their word processor, their fingers, their right brain will click in. Oh, if Ron can do it, I can do it. You've got to remember, Annie, I started life as a carpenter, and if I hadn't uh, uh, made the break myself 40 years old, I could still be out on the, the top of a roof somewhere, uh, putting up a roof or hanging doors in people's houses and building houses but I broke away from that I created my own break and these writers that you're talking about have got to do this for themselves they've got to inspire themselves they've got to get the bit between their teeth and not only just write the book which I know they're more than capable of they've got to use those same skills for marketing the book and they might not realize it But as I'm talking now, what am I doing? I'm marketing my books. I know a load of your (laughs) listeners are going to get onto Kindle. Who is this Ron Holland? Who does he think he is? They'll find me on Kindle, Ron G. Holland, and they'll see the 20 books and they'll go, wow, he was a carpenter. If he can do this, I can do this. And that is what it's all about. And I know I got inspired years back. That Lazy Man's Way to Riches inspired me. Think and Grow Rich inspired me. You've got to take that inspiration from people who've done it. And then run with it yourself and not get hung up on these tiny, tiny little things called failure. Um, I love bouncing back you know as as a young boy i've not told anybody this but as a young boy i i used to be an amateur boxer i used to get in the ring and fight now i don't say i was particularly good at it and every now and then i'd get knocked down and knocked out and blood from my nose and my lips and teeth and i didn't care what i used to take great pride in was jumping up again ever so quickly (laughs) and that used to really shock people and i'd still be hitting and fighting and i didn't care i just kept going and the writers have got to do this forget the rejection slips and uh, people writing nasty reviews you don't know if it's one of your enemies writing a nasty review Uh, it could be anybody Um, and people do all of these things but that mustn't worry you that's all part of the fun and the parcel of being a writer and writers are very broad minded they're men and women of the world they can take all of this and it's all something to talk about (laughs) If if they just got good reviews and all of that, it would be a boring old life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it seems that you've found this sweet spot where you're doing different things, but you enjoy every single thing you're doing and you're also making money. So um, the problem with most of the people I know is that um, they argue that whatever they love doing does not bring them the money they need for living. So they are kind of compromising their dreams by going to their nine-to-five jobs to support their families, to pay out the mortgage, etc. So is there a way of breaking out and, you know, getting this sweet balance between doing what you love and making money out of it?
1: Annie, I thought you would never ask me. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, you, you mentioned a horrible, horrible word then, and it's nine to five job. I call that the nine to five treadmill. Right? <laughs> the ni- no, listen, the nine to five treadmill. As I'm talking, I am cringing because I hate that word. Now, me, I'm on a five to nine windmill right <laughs> a, a 5 to 9 windmill so i get up at 5 o'clock every single morning i can't help myself i don't have an alarm clock my eyes pop open at 5 o'clock in the morning and i jump out of bed i'm happy to be alive and i have a cup of coffee and i settle myself down and i do 1 hour of meditation going into no mind and Sometimes people think, "Well, maybe this is difficult, and i 'm not saying it 's easy and it 's taken me a long, long period of time to be able to still my mind, but the benefits of no mind are unbelievable, so it 's that time between five o'clock in the uh, uh, in the morning and nine o'clock in the morning that I get ideas, I do my meditation, I look at my scrapbook and goals that i 'm trying to accomplish, not just for me but my clients as well. I look at some of their product brochures and literature. I may spend some time on the internet. I'm doing some research on behalf of myself or on behalf of a client. Uh, But in that few hours between five and nine, I get so much accomplished. It's incredible. Now, nine o'clock... I might go and have some breakfast. I might go and have another cup of coffee. But the beginning of my day is the beginning of my hobby. Here I am. It's 10 o'clock now. I've already done my five to nine, and I had an absolute blast this morning. It was fantastic. But here I am now having another blast with Annie in Armenia, (laughs) which is miles away from here. What a hoot. What a great way for me to spend my life talking to you in Armenia. And I know there's somebody driving across America now listening to this there's a guy laughing his head off in london listening to this how (laughs) cool is that right so when you say they're stuck in this um nine to five job don't forget i could be doing nine to five carpentry right But on my 20th birthday, when I finished my apprenticeship, I threw in the towel. I said, I'm not going to do this for the next 40 years, Um, cutting up wood and banging in nails with a hammer in a bit of wood. I'm going to do what." I want to do. And what do I want to do? My passion was motorcycles. I was motorcycle mad. I am going to set up a motorcycle shop. And the real truth is, and I've not told many people this, but I will tell you. When I decided to um, set up that motorcycle shop, I didn't have tens of thousands of dollars to do it. I had 15 bucks in my back pocket and I spent all of that money on the first week's rent to get me into that shop. And then I was out of capital. That was it. But I started. and, And I have to confess, Annie, in that first week... I was in tears a couple of times because I thought, Wow, what have I done? I'm a trained carpenter, and like a silly boy, I've thrown all that away and opened up a motorcycle shop. What am I going to do? I couldn't believe the stupidity of it. How stupid can you be spending five years in an apprenticeship to get a proper skill and a trade behind you, and then the day you finish your apprenticeship, throwing it all away and opening up a motorcycle shop? And I realized the stupidity of my mistake, and I was crying. And then some repairs came in. Then some other guys came in and wanted this, that, and the other. And suddenly, by the end of the week, I had a motorcycle shop that was beginning in in its first week (laughs) to make money and i never looked back and i thought this is so much fun and so easy i'm gonna have another shop and as i told you i ended up with seven shops very very quickly i was the biggest motorcycle dealer in south london but it was so much fun but don't forget if i hadn't made that decision to quit that nine to five which i hated with a passion and start doing something that i was passionate about which was motorcycles um i'd still be there on the building sites today. Banging, cutting up wood, and banging in nails. Yeah. Uh, but I've never looked back. And I'm suggesting to your audience: stop being so frightened of life. Stop being so conservative. And and I can hear people say now: Yeah, but we've got a family. We've got children. We've got car payments to keep up. And my answer is: Yeah, so's everybody else. But you've got to make that decision to move on, wood and upward. And one of my favorite, favorite, favorite expressions of all time is stop kidding yourself and start dreaming stop kidding yourself And start dreaming. People are just kidding themselves that they've got a job. They've got security. They've got this nine to five. What people have got to do is start dreaming and engaging their subconscious minds. And that's why writers are in a perfect, perfect position to do this because they've already got those creative skills. They've never directed those creative skills to to marketing and making money. I'm going to say that again. They've never directed those creative skills to marketing and making money. So what they got to do is stop kidding themselves and start dreaming and harnessing that right brain. Start thinking things through in pictures. How are they going to get out of their job? How are they going to create the lifestyle they want? How are they going to create a number one bestseller? How are they going to create back end products? All by conceiving in their mind's eye, in their imagination, harnessing the right brain, the pictures.
0: amazing absolutely absolutely (laughs) and i like the way we started from the motorcycle shop and i would like to wrap it up with with that so we made we kind of you know made a whole circle it came back to where we started well it was amazing interview i really enjoyed every single bit of it and uh thank you very much for sharing so many useful things with the audience and i think that this one has been one of the most inspirational interviews we've had so far (laughs)
1: that's fantastic i would like to give every one of your listeners a, a free book can i do that sure sure yeah it's a, it's a fabulous book. It's all about right and left brain thinking. Could make you a millionaire. Could turn your life around. But it will definitely take you to the next level. This is a powerful, powerful book. It's called Turbo Success. So go to turbosuccess.com. Just Click on it and you get your free book. And I, I know, Annie, you will get some of your audience getting phenomenal um, success from this book. So if they come back to you and, and say, Annie, this book, Turbo Success, turned my life around, I would like to hear myself some of those success stories because it can't not happen. The book's been out about 20 years now. I don't know how many millionaires it's helped create, but a lot. And this will really help your audience start accomplishing their dreams and aspirations so once again annie being on your show has been an absolute pleasure for me and hopefully we can do it again one day
0: okay thank you very much and i'll go and grab the book myself as well
1: okay (laughs) thanks annie thank you bye
0: Well, that was it for today. If you would like to go and read the most important points, which I took out of the interview, the show notes are at www.annealexander.com slash 57. Well, I guess that was it. Uh, I can't add anything else since Ron kind of covered most of the important stuff and he was so energetic and so inspiring that, you know, I don't even want to compete with him. So take care, keep on writing and start dreaming. Take care. Bye.